Today, Rinpoche completed the second volume that begins the explanation of the teachings for beings of great capacity. Basically, Rinpoche said the pith is generate the mind that aspires to enlightenment and then practice the six perfections. That is how you achieve your aims and others. Okay. It's 227, right? Is where that heading is. Okay, so Jipja, Juchu, Juji, Jipja, Juchu, 60, Juji. Mm-hmm. The the death trees are yene the yanjer death. The ne chichina tearing the tsar. Yeah. Becha nipa. Injike becha sum tearing it up a becha nipa tsar. Okay. Then a latung lairi. Talaril dangas chibichungu landing la chibichimila. So jetcha chibichungu lade chandu the lady. Dendul had no military thing, but Okay, so we're going to begin on page 227 in the English, uh, a somewhat elaborate explanation. So that's where we're uh, going to start from. So if we were to divide all of the teachings of Buddhism, uh, one could divide them into three categories. Those categories are the teachings for beings of three capacities. So the first capacity are the teachings called the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. Uh, and these are teachings which lead one to the higher realms of cyclic existence. Uh, so this is the first uh, category of teachings, those teachings which lead to a better rebirth in one's next life and higher realm rebirth. Um, so one achieves that through practicing refuge, going for refuge to the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, uh, and um, engaging in the ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities. So in dependence upon those practices, one is able to achieve higher realm rebirth. The next category of teachings are the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity. And these are teachings for beings who wish to achieve nirvana, wish to achieve their own individual liberation. And um, 
they do so in dependence on upon practicing the three highest higher trainings the highest higher training in ethics highest higher training in concentration and the highest higher training in wisdom so uh, this is what's called these are what's called the te what are called the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity that lead to individual liberation or nirvana uh, the final category, the teachings for beings of great capacity, are for those beings who wish to achieve complete Buddhahood. Um, and these teachings uh, contain the, the ways in which one generates the mind that aspires to enlightenment, bodhicitta, um, and then uh, from there, um, ha the practice of, en of engaged bodhicitta, engagement rather, uh, through the six perfections. Uh, so, these, uh, so in dependence upon generating bodhicitta and the six perfections, one is able to achieve Buddhahood. Uh, so this is a way that one can categorize all of Buddha's teachings, whether they lead to higher realms, uh, whether they lead to an individual liberation, or they are meant to lead to complete Buddhahood. Deesa. And that's cool. And as yeah. a translator's note, this word in common is used, teaching shared in common, because they are necessary um, practices for the ones above them also. So the, the great has to practice the small and the medium as well. It's, it's inferred that it's contained within it. So that's why we use that shared in common word. Digsung Rinpoche. เฮมาลานีเลสจีเนจีเนจูซุดานทูบินเฮมาเนเนทุนีทุนีเมจีเจนจีดานเซวาจงบะฮันตุตานเดคันโดวาลาโซบาจีเนจีทุจีซีเจ
Dieu m'a mis par, Dieu m'a mis par là, Dieu m'a mis par là, Dieu Okay. So we'll begin looking at the text, a somewhat elaborate explanation. There are two types of pleasant speech. The first pleasant speech associated with worldly customs means that you first assume a clear expression, free of anger, give a smile, and then please living beings in worldly ways, such as inquiring after their health. The second type of pleasant speech associated with presenting the perfect teaching means that you instruct living beings in the teaching for their benefit and happiness, beginning with the teachings on developing faith ethical discipline, study, generosity, uh, and wisdom. So here it begins saying that there are these two types of pleasant speech or nice speech. And one uh, is that when you're helping sentient beings or you're trying to be beneficial or you're engaging in worldly affairs, um, speaking in a soft, gentle, nice way, um, that is pleasing to uh, living beings' ears, so that when they hear it, uh, it sounds nice. Um, so the, literally, this gechenim, this word in Tibetan, um, doesn't mean uh, this. The word in Tibetan uh, literally means like um, um, talking nicely, using um, sweet words um, in a way. Uh, so, th and then the second type is specifically associated with giving the teaching. And it's saying that one should utilize this same way of presentation when giving the teaching uh, so it's easy on the ears so the practitioner and the participants um, like to hear what you're saying. Uh, and it says, the second type, pleasant speech associated with presenting the perfect teaching. Um, so again, that um, when we say this pleasant speech, uh, we're making an assumption that it is free of anger, um, uh, and so forth. So uh, when we kind of qualify what pleasant speech is, one of the qualifications is that it's free of anger. Um, uh, so the so the second part about the um, and, and the teachings um, when one is speaking in a pleasant way, it's attractive to the student. Uh, so the avenues of pleasant speech are as follows. To an enemy who would kill you, you say helpful words without a fault in your heart. With the dull-witted, you willingly rise to the challenge, tirelessly giving talks on the teaching and giving them to adhere to virtue and getting them to and causing them to adhere to virtue. To devious beings who deceive their masters, abbots, etc., and engage in wrongdoing, you speak pleasantly with helpful words and without anger. 
teaching even the most difficult persons, in order that persons whose minds have not matured may eliminate obscuration and be reborn in happy realms. You give discourses to them on preliminary practices, generosity and ethical discipline. To persons whose minds have matured, who are rid of obscuration and possessed of a joyful frame of mind, you reveal the foremost and perfect teaching of the Four Noble Truths. You encourage householders and renunciates who are careless to be conscientious. And to those who have doubts, you speak elaborately and explain the teaching to them to dispel their doubts. Uh, So here it's stating that uh, not only... um, is the perfect teaching have to do with tone and so forth? The perfect, um, pleasant speech related to the teaching have to do with tone and so forth. It has to do with the actual presentation of of the material itself, um, so that uh, it um, encourages others uh, um, in in a because of the way that it's been presented. Um, So it says, to persons whose minds have matured, who are rid of obscuration and possessed of a joyful frame of mind, you reveal the most perfect teaching of the Four Noble Truths. You encourage householders and renunciates who are careless to be conscientious. And to those uh, who have doubts, you speak elaborately. So here, um, not only is the way that you're, um, the, the tonality being presented here, but also the way that it's structured so that it encourages, so that it is um, um, something which is faith-inducing. Um, and I believe that was it. Yeah, I don't have any notes I, other than when talk. Nice. <laughs> so I think we covered that. Disa Rinpoche. And Pishe Rajula Tabata 
I just have a question to clarify. Bear with me, folks. I need elevator music. Okay. Okay, so uh, working at the aims is twofold. 
bringing the immature to maturity and limit and liberating uh, the mature. Then the the ni the shiji dang, ngji pacha. Okay, so uh, so when we look at um, uh, things that keep us from becoming uh, liberated or enlightened, there's two categories. We have the obstruct, the afflictive obstructions, and the obstructions to omniscience. As a note, the afflictive obstructions keep one from one's own liberation, and the obstructions to omniscience keep one from complete Buddhahood. Uh, so they have to be eradicated if you want the goal um, that those are keeping you from. Uh, so, um, so working at aims is twofold, bringing the immature to maturity and liberating the matured. Um, so uh, it, it is also presented in three parts as, followed, as follows. Um, The dun the dun shu ne so tambo tambo la son le nyudri nipa shidri pankan the tambo don't Sendele 
So I was uh, just trying to clarify at this where it says working at the aims is twofold. Um, just trying to clarify if bringing the immature to maturity was referring to rem- um, allowing those to achieve an individual nirvana, the afflictive obstructions, and then liberating the matured, those who have a, re- remove the afflictive obstructions, then remo- showing how to remove the obstructions to omniscience so that they can become a Buddha. As a translator's note, uh, a, a practitioner can achieve nirvana but still not be a Buddha because they are abiding um, in a nirvana, but still have obstructions to omniscience, which are imprints of the afflictions. The imprints are still left over, so it's an obstru- it obstructs them from being omniscient. So they then have to do the practices still, even though they are in nirvana, to then remove those obst- uh, um, obstructions to omniscience. So, uh, so I... Um, believe that's where we kind of, uh, what we established, that these two are referring to those afflictive obstructions and obstructions to omniscience. It is also presented in three parts as follows. Involving persons in taking up the aims of this life is causing them to employ means consistent with the teaching to acquire, to protect, and increase uh, their resources. Uh, So this is helping one uh, helping another person in terms of their worldly aims. Uh, so it's basically um, um, he- um, 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 it's like a role model almost, being a, um, showing others um, um, goodness, showing others what goodness is basically by being helpful. The next is involving others in taking up the person purpose of future lives means to establish persons in the life of a renunciate who lives as a mendicant after they have rid themselves of possessions. Although this is certain to bring happiness in future lives, it is not certain to do so in this life. So this is encouraging renunciates and so forth uh, and recognizing that um, uh, Buddhism begins when it's focused on future lives. Um, the, the Buddhism's teachings never were 
Um, the goal was never happiness in this life. The teacher said, as a translator's note, it doesn't become Buddhism until it's focused on future lives. Um, byproducts happen, you're happier in this life and so forth. More people respect you as a result of being a good person. But these are byproducts, not goals. Um, so uh, here this is encouraging the actual goal um, um, which even though could cause difficulty in this life will have excellent results in future lives. Uh, so here this is encouraging. I asked Rinpoche if this is um, establishing one's own self or encouraging others and he said that it is referring to others, um, establishing, helping, Involving persons in taking up the aims of both this and future lives means to cause householders and renunciates to take up the freedom from mundane and super-mundane uh, attachments. So here, attachments to worldly things, and then also giving up attachment to non-worldly, attachment to Buddhahood, attachment to uh, nirvana, so mundane and super-mundane. For this generates mental and uh, physical pliancy in the present life and the attainment of a purified deity and nirvana in the future. So when one practices single-pointed concentration, um, it, it leads to, which is part of um, this package of um, pleasant speech in relation to teaching. Uh, so when one practices uh, the teachings after they've been appropriately presented, um, one achieves single-pointed concentration, which leads to calm abiding. Uh, and this calm abiding, uh, when achieved, causes a mental and physical pliancy or bliss um, because the winds within uh, the body change when, the sing when calm abiding is achieved. And by changing those winds, uh, uh, this causes a pliancy or a bliss um, that stays um, once that achievement is there. And then it becomes very easy to direct one's mind wherever one wants to or wishes to, in any way one wishes to, uh, and one's body becomes very pliant and easy to sit for long periods of time and engage in the ne necessary things for Buddhahood. Um, perfect deity. Uh, work at the aims even when it is very difficult. It is difficult to induce those it is difficult to induce those who have not previously ac accumulated roots of virtue to take up virtue. It is difficult to work at the aims with respect to those who have magnificent resources because they live in situations where there are so many grounds for being unconscientious. And it is difficult to work at the aims with respect to those who are, uh, who are indoctrinated with the views of non-Buddhist philosophers because they are hostile to the teaching and because of their foolishness they do not understand reasoning. Um, so uh, it's just showing um, how certain types, it's not saying, as a note, it's not saying don't help those. It's pointing out that you may have difficulty with these types. Uh, if as a Buddhist you're trying to present these things we're talking about, here are some, some problems that you'll have. Um, and in Buddhism there is no such thing as like proselytizing. It's not, it's not part of the, the religion. It's, it's based on using logic. Um, and not presenting anything to someone that is beyond what they already know and just haven't put together yet. Um, so, um, 
With respect to the stages of working at the Ames, you first cause those with childlike intelligence to follow easy instructions. Then when their understanding has reached a middling level, you have them follow intermediate personal instructions. Finally, when their wisdom has gent greatly expanded, you have them follow the profound teaching and subtle personal instructions. So here, uh, again, we're in the section of ways, four ways of gathering disciples, or uh, the word gathering is very strange. Or of, of, it's basically the, the four modes of behavior a teacher has in relation to his or her disciples would be um, in order to have a good relationship. I mean, that would really be a better way to explain what the meaning behind the words uh, is um, and how to, to take that relationship from the beginning of just meeting a student uh, to the final stages where they're uh, becoming enlightened. Um, so, uh, so here, um, what this is in relation to would be the, the teachings for beings of three capacities. So those are um, presented in graduated stages 
uh, fashion. So first you have the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, and you give that presentation. And then once that's mastered, then the teachings for shared in common with beings of medium capacity are presented uh, in detail. And then once those are uh, um, understood, uh, then... The, the teacher brings the student to the teachings for beings of great capacity. So this would be an example of the graduated stages um, that are, are being spoken of here um, because the um, teachings for beings of three capacity capacities, when given an extensive format, um, present, those, present things in this very way from uh, very beginning understandings up to the final understandings and the subtle understandings of uh, calm abiding and special insight in this next volume that I'm terrified to translate. Digsum. Uh, oh, wait, Detsuko. Um, so I'm going to reread this. With respect to the teachings of working at Ames, you first cause those with childlike intelligence to follow easy personal instructions. Then when their understanding has reached a middle and level, you uh, have them follow intermediate personal instructions. Finally, when their wisdom is greatly expanded, you have them follow the profound teaching and subtle personal instructions. Consistency of behavior means that you maintain practices equal to or superior to those in which you establish others. Accordingly, even though in whatever you do, you must first focus on the welfare of living beings and not lose your resolve for others' welfare, you must discipline yourself in conjunction in conjunction with these pursuits. So if you are telling others to behave in a way, a specific way, and uh, stating these are ethical behaviors and this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, then you yourself should be following those same practices uh, in a way. And it says here, uh, it even you know says... Um, equal to or superior. So it doesn't even say, it, you could be equal to uh, what you're presenting. You don't even have to be better than, but you have to be presenting, uh, you have to be um, walking the walk, walking the talk, if you will, um, behaving in a way consistent with what you're saying to do. Um, so equal to or better than those you are presenting it to. Um, so it would so it is not to it is so you are one is not a hypocrite or being hypocritical uh, then he says you must discipline um, uh, yourself in conjunction with these pursuits uh, Trier Ratna Dasa's praise of infinite qualities says some who are undisciplined use reasonable words but contradict these words so they are called unable to help others to discipline themselves. <laughs> Knowing this, you placed all living beings in your heart and strove to discipline yourself wherever you had lacked discipline before. Uh, so here it's saying that um, those who are contradict, contradict what they've presented really can't help anybody. Um, but those who've modified their behavior are are the appropriate presenters of the information. Dixon Rinpoche, Ngayet Sampa. Doa jen, doa jen, doa jen, pa jen tutan, jen di me duyo ngopo jen. Doa jen, sanzin ki doa tan, chuji doa nisun du nukres, sanzin ki doa te jimba desi jimba, jimba tan ba yinna, anin sanzin ki kwen du nukres, 
Okay. The four ways to gather disciples also comprise two categories gathering disciples via material things and gathering disciples through the teaching. Um, this is, as a translator's note, where I think that the wording starts to, in English, it sounds almost like bribery, and it's not intended to sound like that in the Tibetan at all. Um, it's just um, sh showing the kind ways a, a teacher relates to his or her students. Um, uh, in this gathering, it just, I think it's maybe this predisposition we have to the scandals that have happened as Westerners and so forth, then that, that this looks strange to us, and maybe it wouldn't look strange in another culture or culturally, but um, it doesn't infer this kind of gathering up disciples and getting more and more. It, there's just no thought or context here, um, and it kind of displays that in the English a bit, and I just, anytime I see that, um, I always want to just uncolor it a little bit um, so that the, what's really meant to be presented is what's being presented and you don't just leave with this idea that it's a strange cult. Um, if it's the first time you were in this room, you might think like, oh, well, bribery, where's, am I going to get some money at the end? Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, and as a note, you'll, you'll see this Rinpoche actually practicing all of these things here that are presented um, in his life, and Ted, who lives with him, can attest 100% to that. Um, so um, I apologize for um, any, it's just whenever I see anything like that, I always like to help clarify it. Um, so giving material things is the first of the four ways to gather disciples. The remaining three or four ways are included in the second gathering disciples through the teaching. Furthermore, this latter category includes the teaching of the objects of meditation, the teaching as put into practice, and the teaching of purifying oneself and practicing these two. The ornament for the Mahayana Sutras uh, says by Lord Maitreya, the four ways to gather disciples 
are asserted as two ways of gathering by material things and by the teaching, which means presenting the objects of meditation, etc. Moreover, these four ways to gather disciples are the way all the bodhisattvas of the three times, bodhisattvas of the past, present, and future, work for the welfare of others. So it is the single path to travel. The ornament for the Mahayana Sutra states, uh, so it's stating that the bodhisattvas of the past, present, and future have relied on this way of relating to their students. Um, and um, they have become Buddhas uh, are, or will become Buddhas. Uh, so because of practicing it in the same way that those who have already become Buddhas did. Um, so... Uh, All those who have gathered disciples are gathering or will gather them. Do so in this way. Therefore, this is the path for the maturation of living beings. So here, and, and again, this is in a section where the assumption is that one has bodhicitta. One day and night thinks of um, bringing sentient beings to happiness and the causes of happiness and being free from suffering. So this whole process is of, of figuring out how to mature beings, meaning take them from the state uh, that they are currently to Buddhahood. Um, which, um, so ways to remove suffering of others is really what the context here of gathering disciples is really figuring out how to remove the suffering of students is really what's meant in here. Um, in general then, uh, though the bodhisattva deeds are limitless, the six perfections and the four ways to gather disciples are their Best summation. Rimache, the Chukabarkasun. Sheso, okay. Rimache only read the quote. Digsung. Tatala, Shishansenji, Shansen Shuba, the Thai, Shansen, Yanang Shuba, the Mamu, you are this. Reso. Tak Kacho, the Raju Major Pajin to the Janju Major, do you know what it is? Reso. Do you eat the Shansen La? Ranki Sajiji Jutu Mibashawadan, Sajiji Jumibashawan Yiles, Raju Major, the Janju Major Yile, Major Yile, Mela, Denny Parshin, Denny Parshin, do you do be sure? ビシロ。ね、そう。ただ、そうそう、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その、その
For bodhisattvas have just two tasks, the maturation of causal collections for their own Buddhahood and the maturation of the mind streams of living beings. So uh, there are two goals. Uh, one, to bring oneself to Buddhahood, and the second goal, to bring others to Buddhahood. Um, and they are equally important to the bodhisattva. There isn't one more important than the other. They're, they were, they're uh, interdependent. So for bodhisattvas just have two tasks, a maturation of causal collections for their own Buddhahood and the maturation of the mind streams of living beings. They accomplish both of these through the perfections and the ways to gather disciples. Thus the bodhisattva levels also says, the perfections bring to complete maturation the Buddha qualities you will have yourself. The ways to gather disciples bring all living beings to complete maturation in some know these to be the active expression of a bodhisattva's virtuous qualities. Therefore, I have set forth in this section these two categories of practice. If you want to know them in more detail, look in the bodhisattva levels. Uh, with respect to the way these practices are done during and after meditative equipoise, the, el the great elder says, the deeds of Bodhisattva are the magnificent six perfections and so forth. The yogi arisen from meditative equipoise re resolutely accomplishes the path of accumulation. The Dixonumche so we have from uh, Lord Asanga, Rimache went back through this quote, Lord Asanga's Bodhisattva Levels. Uh, where it says, Rimache, the the Sheso Shansalun, Sheso Shansalun, they are Niga Niga Koba in the Jeba Sheba Duna, Rajumi Pajin to Najumi, do you know, but Jesus Jeba Shag and Dubai Yuba Yina. Okay, so in, in Asanga's Bodhisattva levels, uh, we find the presentation of this, of uh, uh, the necessity of practicing the four ways of gathering disciples 
coupled with the six perfections uh, in order to achieve maturation of oneself and other beings. The, the perfections bring to complete maturation the Buddha qualities you will have yourself. The ways to gather disciples bring all living beings to complete maturation, and some know these to be the active expression of a bodhisattva's virtuous uh, qualities. Nene? Okay. Uh, therefore, I have set forth in this section two categories of practice. If you want to know them in more detail, look in the Bodhisattva levels. So look at Asanga's text, the Shansa. With respect to the way these practices are done during and after meditative equipoise, the Great Elder says, so here this is referring to Lord Atisha, who's also called the Great Elder, or um, Sri Dipankara. The deeds of bodhisattvas are the magnificent six perfections and so forth. The yogi arisen from meditative equipoise resolutely accomplishes the path of accumulation. Uh, so when in meditation or coming out of meditation, the, the practice of the six perfections is what the practitioner on the path of accumulation is doing, uh, the practice of the six perfections. So 
Um, as a translator's note, the path of accumulation is the first of the five paths, and it's when one generates uh, bodhicitta uh, and becomes a bodhisattva, he or she is on the path of accumulation. So it's saying here that whether they, they're meditating or they're out of meditation, uh, that's what practitioners are, are practicing are these six perfections and four ways of gathering disciples. Beginning bodhisattvas uh, who have taken the vows of the conqueror's children and are on the path of accumulation practice only the six perfections, whether in meditative equipoise or subsequent to it. They sustain some of the perfections in meditative equipoise. Uh, is that the right way to say that? Equipoise? Poise? Pose? Equipoise? It's okay? Okay. It's if I'm saying something just incorrect over and over again, please correct me. Uh, in meditative equipoise and others in the post-equipoise state, some aspects of med meditative serenity, which is meditative stabilization, and some aspects of insight, which is the perfection of wisdom, are cultivated in meditative equipoise, whereas some other aspects of meditative stabilization and wisdom are sustained in the post-equipose state along with the first three perfections. Joyous perseverance occurs in both the meditative equipose and post-equipose states, while one type of patience, certain aspects of the patience <coughs> of certitude about the teaching, profound teaching, also occurs in meditative equipose. Uh, then again, we have a quote from Atisha, uh, the great elder, and it says, During periods after rising from meditative equipoise, cultivate the view that all things are like a magician's illusion, as in the eight similes. Therefore, emphasize in post-meditative thought uh, purification and the training and method. During periods of meditative equipoise, continually condition yourself to serenity and insight in equal measure. Uh, Gate Shansen Junior,
детская. When bodhisattvas whose mind are untrained in such marvelous but difficult deeds hear them, they feel distressed. Although they are unable to practice such things at first, they come to understand them and then to intimately familiarize themselves with them as objects of aspiration. Later they engage in the, them spontaneously without any strain. Thus familiarization is of the greatest importance. For if these bodhisattvas recognized their inability to engage in such deeds and then gave up on even the familiarization conducive to training the mind in them, they would greatly delay reaching the path, the pure path. The praise of infinite qualities says, Deeds that hurt the worldly even to hear about and that even you did not undertake for a long time, you accustom yourself to, so in time they became spontaneous. Thus it is difficult to develop good qualities without familiarization. So um, through familiarization over and over again, one is able to achieve what is seemingly impossible now um, because of the familiariz excuse me, familiarization and what that um, over and over um, leads, to, doing that over and over leads to. Again, um, we translate the word in Tibetan, gom, as meditation which has a lot of loading into that word as Westerners. But if we look at the etymology of the word, what does the word mean itself when we break it down, the word that we've been used, translating as meditation all of these years literally means to familiarize, to become more familiar with. If it's single-pointed meditation, you're becoming more familiar with that one object. If it's analytical meditation, you're coming more familiar with that, that topic of analysis. So the word gom only means to, to familiarize over and over, again and again. Um, so, um, so that through familiar, that's, so this good qualities, with the, thus it is difficult to develop good qualities without familiarization. Uh, we could translate it just as easily as without meditation. Um, and it would mean what the same thing, what Tibetans are trying to make us understand meditation is. Digsung Rinpoche. Dashanju Sambi, Dombazuma Najitan, Lundu Jumala, Bene, Shubala Lubi, Lushu Bewana, Dombazuma Nashinto, Tambaju, Beba Shawos, Chibi Chimbi, Lanji, Zimbale. Less so. so once one is a bodhisattva and generates bodhicitta, the mind that aspires to enlightenment, then one from there becomes engaged and practices uh, the six perfections um, in the, the bodhisattva deeds. So um, at the point of aspiring bodhicitta, the path of accumulation, the bodhisattva then becomes engaged by taking a bodhisattva vow. 
Um, and then he or she practices from there. Those who have taken the Bodhisattva vow have no choice but to learn the Bodhisattva deeds. But even those who have not adopted the engaged spirit of enlightenment through its ritual strive to inculcate a desire to learn the deeds, thus increasing the force of their enthusiasm for learning them. Then when they take the vows, their vows will be extremely stable. So make an effort to do this. First, from among the stages of the path for persons of great capacity, this concludes the explanation of the stages of the path for training in the aspirational spirit of enlightenment and for learning the deeds of the conqueror's children in general. The Becha Nipatsar. Okay, so uh, we are, I told, we're done with now book two and Becha uh, Sumba. Uh, with book three, uh, we'll start next class. Uh, so that's one considered. That section uh, that we're going to get into is considered the most inclusive explanation of special insight and emptiness and so forth, um, but also considered one of the most difficult. So that should be fun. Uh, at least it's not the essence of eloquence. That would be, that's considered the most difficult text to ever explain. There was a student who went to his teacher, real quick, student went to his teacher and said, do you mind if I go to this other teacher's teaching? He's giving a teaching on the essence of eloquence. And his teacher responded saying, if there's someone who understands that, I'd like to go with you. Who has a question? Any questions? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, hi. Jeff, um, this book, um, I believe, is written for beings of middling capacity, and we've spent maybe two or three years on it, and um, it starts, you know, with basics of, you know, looking what's what's in your mind, training your mind, and it works up to aspiration of being a bodhisattva. If we were to try and... Um, summarize briefly what the, the focus of this book is, what, what, would, what would its primary focus be? The, the book, the whole book? Yeah. The yeah. whole Lam Rim Chemo. Right. This, this one here. Uh, this volume? Yes. Because the Tibetan's not broken up like that. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so what would be, um, what would, so this whole, this, this volume, this whole volume is the beginning of the teachings for beings of great capacity. So I'll start there. Uh, the teachings for beings of small and medium capacity have completed. Um, so I'm trying to figure out uh, how to get Rinpoche uh, to explain. Um, here, just give me one second. I know what I can do. Detsuko Rinpoche. Triwa Yure. Nietzsche. Okay. Then the NGK. The Becha Nipa, the Gutso. Okay. Then a the Cheran Dudu Shena, Natsu Becha Nipa, the Puik Becha Chi, Injike Becha Sum. The Becha Nipa, the Shanchu Chembi Langi Rimbale, Gutso. Then a Natsu the Tsar. Then a the Dudu Shena. Sanlo Garyube, the the Dudushe, 
Shina? Donda. Donda. They lay you dead so. The NGK Becha Nipa. Dudu. Dudu Shina? Garishe. Donda Garishe. Dudu She. The Jipu Chungo dan Jipu Din Lang, Becha Tambo, NGK. Becha Nipa dan Sumba, Jipu Chambalang. Okay. So, the, what, the way that it would be explained, I had to explain to Rinpoche how the, bit, the texts are broken down. Um, so, that's what I was doing in the, and also asking the question. Um, so, uh, the, the text and the sections are broken down. Um, according to the capacities uh, that are being presented. Um, so the entire Lam Rim Chemo is written in a way that it goes from the smallest to the greatest teachings. So it's written in a, the graduated stages. So the first stage, the second stage, the third stage. The first book contains the teachings for beings of small and medium capacity um, and some other information. There might be a summary of everything there, um, but um, uh, as a main focus, the first book goes into the small and medium capacity. The second and third book go over the teachings for beings of great capacity. Um, and this second book covers the beginning explanation of the teaching for beings of great capacity. Um, so Rinpoche said basically it, 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 begi it begins explaining the great, great vehicle or the, the teachings for beings of great capacity and then um, here it explains the generalities of it with the bodhisattva aspiring and, and the deeds and so forth and then it will get into the more complex information in the third volume of the union of calm abiding and special insight in relation to these great capacity teachings. Digsung Rinpoche? Anyone else have a question? Then we'll, we can end right at, there's no, Rinpoche has company here and kind of a distracting day. Not in a negative way. Interpret that that way. Can you just clarify a sentence you said <laughs> earlier about um, that it's only a, considered a teaching in Buddhism sure. if, it incorp if it includes uh, the teachings on rebirth? That, on the, yeah, that was the word sure. Used, that was a translator's note, Okay, I said. But I will definitely... The nga the nga the lapsung jet the atisha sumpere the nampichu jewa shema gutsogdu nampichu sonchana the sanje chi the se de yomare jewa shema then the dondagare. Then I'll let you look at my word, what you do, my word.
Okay, so uh, Lord Atisha did say exactly that. Lord Atisha said, uh, if, if it is explaining the things of this life and the ways of um, gaining happiness and things of this life, then it isn't Dharma. It does not fall categorically under Dharma, meaning what the Buddha presented as Dharma, what Dharma is, until it's focused on um, future lives, uh, the throwing karma, if you will, for future lives, that which propels you in to your future. Uh, so it becomes Buddhism when it's explaining that way to propel one into the future in a positive way. So meaning this, uh, this is why the teachings of three capacities are presented. So the teachings for beings of small capacity is where Buddhism begins, the Dharma begins, and that's showing how to create the throwing karma to be reborn in the higher realms of cyclic existence. How to create those causes and conditions so that one is propelled in one's future lives into the higher realms, not the lower realms. The next level of teachings show how one is propelled into liberation, one's own liberation. And then the final set of teachings show how one is propelled into Buddhahood. Um, so the teachings themselves are not geared towards gaining anything in this life. They're geared towards creating the throwing or propelling karma for future lives. And this is why Lord Atisha said, throw away this life because the things of this life the wants and needs and this and that of getting and what we want and don't want of this life are just worldly things and that it doesn't become dharma until we're focused on propelling in the into the future um so um that's the meaning of that lord atisha said all of that throw away this life and it doesn't become Dharma until it's focused on. Uh, and there's a very, if you just look at any of the um, uh, commentaries on Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment that are extensive, you'll find it. Um, and you'll find it for sure. Sure, absolutely. I was wondering if Thomas Merton. Okay. And just as a note, all these other things, the good things that happen, people will be attracted to you, da 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 da, in this life, because there does say that stuff. Those are byproducts of your practice that's focused on next life. It's just byproduct. That if you're peaceful and calm, people will be attracted to you. And so it says that in, in the text. It's a byproduct of your being peaceful and calm so that you either have a good life next time or nirvana or become a Buddha. That byproduct happened because you were focused on that goal. Not, you weren't focused on the goal of that byproduct. So I was just curious, or wondering if we appreciate you who oh, Thomas, Thomas Merton. Merton. Yeah, yeah. Rimache, Thomas Merton, Lushingdu, Nama. The what? When did he die? 
Don't the con the Jawa Rimbache trobo con Yishu drapa. Tem mambo darm sala leson. Yene lo Nishu sunju shison, dronson. Yene kedra chempo. Chiran tunson. Rimbache doesn't specifically know him, um, but he said that so many. I said he's a Christian scholar. Um, if I was more specific, he's Trappist, uh, Trappist monk, right? Um, Rinpoche said that uh, so many Christian monks and scholars came to Dharamsala um, to visit Dalai Lama all the time, but he doesn't know specifically who Thomas Merton was. Okay. But he might have. Yeah. If you had the dates, if Rinpoche was there in Dharamsala when Thomas Merton was there, Rinpoche was the abbot or a senior teacher you know, for all of those years, so... He would have met with him, okay. but Rinpoche wouldn't remember. It wouldn't have been famous and a big thing for him. Yeah. It would have been someone coming to see Rinpoche. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be thought of the way we're thinking of it. All right, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Yeah, if you could ask Rinpoche if he's a, you know knows like some of these famous people, Pierce Brosnan and so forth. He'd say uh, he has no idea who they are, and he's met them fifty times probably. So these sorts of things just don't jive with. <laughs> I remember riding on a golf cart, and Rinpoche was sitting in the front, and Richard Gere was like tailing off the back of it, and it just didn't mean a thing. Um, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas, high. Uh, my butt. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land, surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.